What up, EBS Squad? It is your boy, Eli. Welcome to another edition of EBS Squad After Dark. Y'all, we're going to get into some things today. We're going to get into our mental health check-in. Then we're going to run right through the celebrity gossip news and tea. And then, y'all already know how we ended off. We ended off with our WWE recaps and news so stay tuned stay locked we'll be back right after this okay we're back so let's get into our mental health check-in. So how are you guys doing this uh, past week? How have you guys been? Honestly, it really hasn't been a week. It's been like four or five days. <laughs> but how are you guys doing? Um, I'm doing good. Had an amazing weekend, um, which I will discuss later in this show um, as to why I had an amazing weekend. Um and other than that, I've just been chilling. Um, since it's been a few days since the last episode, I really don't have too, too much to um, talk to you guys about dealing with the uh, mental health check-in. But what I will say is that I start therapy um, on Wednesday, you know, the day you guys get this episode. Um I start therapy back up again, and I'm excited. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been weird. It's been a crazy um, few weeks. But I'm excited to um, link back up with my therapist and, you know, get back on this therapy train. Um, So other than that... Um, I'm I'm blessed. I'm I'm happy. I'm in a good space. Um, I hope you guys are happy. I hope you guys are, you know, in a good space. And I wish nothing but blessings upon each and every last one of you guys. And without further ado, let's get into this drama. Let's get into this celebrity tea. Let's get into this celebrity news. All right, yeah, so let's get into it. So the first order of business. So there's an update. Yeah, probably like, what update, child? There's so many stories. What update? So there's an update regarding the Tasha K and Cardi B lawsuit. So apparently, as of yesterday, um, Monday, um, judge, the judge ordered Tasha K to remove old videos and social media posts of Cardi B. Um, If you guys don't know, I tape on Tuesdays. So that's what I said yesterday. Um, I tape on Tuesdays now. Um, 
But what I was saying earlier was the judge ordered Tasha K to remove all videos and social media posts of Cardi B. So according to TMZ, Tasha K has been ordered to remove old posts about Cardi B from social media and her YouTube page. Um, an Atlanta judge signed off on the injunction, injunction on Monday, and both parties agreed Tasha K has five days to adhere to the order. As previously reported, Tasha K filed an appeal to the defamation case that Cardi B won in January. If the YouTuber wins, she will be allowed to upload the videos again. But while the appeal is in process, the judgment will stand. Um, she's not going to win the appeal. Like, let's be real. Um, she should have been done this. Um, I, I'm still confused as to why she still had those videos up prior to this injunction but um cardi's not playing with you sis um so now you got five days and if you do not put those videos down or take those videos down in five days you're just adding more um leverage you're adding more uh fuel to this appeal so i will behoove you if you do want to win even though there's a long shot of you winning like i don't see you winning this case at all appeal or non-appeal um i would you know do everything by the book if you want to have some semblance of a chance to win this uh appeal um but yeah she got friday so all my peoples get started well fridays for monday so she got into friday so we'll see how this goes and what old girl has to say about this. Um, I did see that she is doing an interview with T.S. Madison for T.S. Madison's um, talk show. Um, turns up with T.S. Madison. Um, I love T.S. Y'all know I love the T.S. Y'all know I love Maddie down. Like That's like an auntie to me, I feel, in my, in my mind. But, um, so, but I'm I'm really not excited about this interview. I'm I'm just over Tasha K. Like, can we just like really pretend like this bitch does not exist? Like, I'm all here for my girl Maddie getting her you know interviewing skills and getting her talk show up there and getting a wide variety and a wide audience. But I'm just tired of this bitch, Tasha K. I, I just am. Like, she looks a fucking mess. Like, I don't care how much pounds of makeup you put on, what new outfit you put on, what types of red bottoms you have, or what type of heat. If you have an ugly spirit, if you have an ugly aura, if you are negative and toxic, you're ugly. No, you could be the baddest thing physically walking but be ugly because of your attitude your disposition and the way you treat people and that's tasha k so next moving on um there's another update y'all another update so y'all have been asking for rolling ray for a really long time and let's be real rolling ray is very active on social media so when we haven't you know seen him in weeks and quote unquote months we like where the heck is rolling ray and the last time we did see or hear from rolling ray it was um 
told to us that he had he was battling COVID and you know he was in a hospital and it just wasn't looking good. So a lot of people, you know, feared for the worst. And then that's when a lot of rumors about him um allegedly being uh dead started uh resurfacing or surfacing. Um and it got a lot of it got a lot of traction because people were asking like where's Roland Ray? Where's Roland Ray? Like Roland Ray is always on social media. He's always, you know, in something, doing something. So it it was weird. But um, an update, Roland Ray um, resurfaced, y'all. He took to his IG and posted a video. Um, he looking like he's, you know, looking better than he was the last time we seen him. Um, and he wrote the following, um, was in a coma for a while, but I'm finally back. Stop the death rumors. It don't give dead. <laughs> oh, I love this man, child. I love her, yo. Um, thank you everyone for wishing me well while away and not giving up on me. Thank you to my family, friends, and celebrity friends for wishing me well during this troubling time. I needed to heal after that long coma. But most importantly, thank you to all the staff at Washington Hospital Center for taking wonderful care of me. So, so Roland Ray was in a coma. So that's why we didn't see, hear, nothing. He was in a coma. Um due to the complications of COVID. Um, and I'm so happy that he is doing good. I'm happy that he's in good spirits, that he's feeling and looking good. And I'm ready for Roland Ray to come back to give us some more material because he be having me weak, like weak, child. All right, so moving on. Um, did y'all hear about that mass shooting in Sacramento? Um, so six people died and 10 people were injured following this um, Sacramento mass shooting. Um, So it looks like they have a suspect. Um, 26-year-old Dondre Martin is behind bars and listed as a related suspect in the connection with Sacramento's mass shooting. Um, he was taken into custody um, yes, uh, Monday morning at 12.39 a.m. and was booked on charges of assault with the firearm and being a being a prohibited person in possession of a firearm. Um, and like I said, the shooting resulted in six uh, people dead and uh, less 12, it went up to 12 um, people injured. Um, obviously, Donja is being held without bonds. And my thoughts and prayers are going out to any and everybody that has been affected by this uh, tragedy. It's just like, it's sad. Um, I don't want to harp on it too much because, you know, 
I don't want to get emotional, but um, definitely prayers up to everybody that's affected. Um, moving on. Uh, did y'all watch the Grammys? Did y'all watch the Grammys? The Grammys? Yes, the Grammys. A lot of stuff happened was going on this past week, and we had the Grammys. We had March Madness. And we have WrestleMania for uh, all my wrestling fans. So it, amongst other wrestling events, like, and I'll get into that um, in the WWE segment. But um, this past weekend was a lot. A lot was going on. And um, so first things first, the Grammys happened. Um, I have not gotten a chance to go through all of the looks and the fashion, so I can't give my do's and don'ts. Um, but I'll probably do a save that for next week's episode. Um, and then uh, soon, because I believe there's like another, is there another award show coming up or are we done? I think we might be done. I'm going to check and then I am also going to do a live stream where I do my do's, don'ts, and my favorite looks, worst favorite looks, all of that. I mean, my worst favorite looks, my worst, the worst looks, the best looks, all of that. The whole nine yard. I'm going to do it with all of the uh, award shows of this past uh, few months. So it just won't be the Grammys. It'll be the Oscars. It'll be the uh, Golden Globes, all of that. Um, so just stay tuned. Uh, for that announcement, um, that's going to be a live stream. Um, so just stay tuned for that announcement. But speaking about the Grammys, I just want to give my um, congratulations to a few uh, first-time winners <laughs> and Miss Jasmine Sullivan. And Miss um, Doja Cat and SZA, uh, we'll get into those categories in a minute, but let's go over some of these categories. Um, so the Grammy for Best Rap Song, the nominees were uh, Kanye West, DMX, Saweetie, Baby Keem, and J. Cole. And the award goes to Kanye West. So shout out to Kanye. Um, next up, we have the Grammy Award for Best Melodic Rap Performance. Um, the nominees were J. Cole, uh, Kanye West, Tyler the Creator, Doja Cat, and Little Nas X. Um, the award goes to Kanye West. So Kanye West picked up another uh grammy um moving on we have the grammy award for best rap album the nominees were kanye west uh j cole tyler the creator nas and drake um the winner went to tyler the creator congratulations to tyler the creator um moving on can we talk about best reggae album? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? Huh? Let's talk about that. Um. All right. So the nominees were um, Itana, 
Gramps Morgan, Sean Paul, Jesse Royal, Soja, and Spice. The winners of uh, Best Reggae Album went to Soja. And if y'all look at that group, it, it, it's nothing but white men. And let's not, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that there's not white people that live in Jamaica. But this is my thing. I'm tired of the Grammys and all of these other award shows awarding these culture vultures. And what I mean by culture vulture is these people that make water down water down art off of the backs of our black creatives. And it just doesn't happen in music. It happens in movies. It happens in it happens in the it happens all throughout the entertainment industry, you will have a black artist or a black creative and they will create amazing work. And then you will see a white person come on in and water it down and get all of the accolades, all of the, uh, 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 all of the esteem, all of the praise for their watered down material. Meanwhile, the black creative who they stole from is scraping and clawing to get to the top, to get, child, they can't even get to, they, they're trying to get to the middle, at least to the middle, bump the top. And this is one of these things. I listen to their music, and like I said, it's watered down, uh, watered down reggae. Water down uh, reggae music, and I, I I just need. We did it with the hip hop. We did it with R and B, where we got more ears, people that are hip to the to that genre to vote. And that's how you see nowadays the Jasmine Sullivans and the Doja Cats and the Megan Thee Stallions winning these awards because they had to shake up these categories. They had to shake up the people that vote in these categories because it was so tone deaf for so many years. And it seems as though, granted, we got hip hop into somewhat you know, I still feel like hip hop and the R&B categories need more diversity and more people in there that actually have the ear for these genres. Um, I feel like reggae has to go along there too. We need more black and brown uh, reggae artists in that. And, and, and when I mean that, I mean in general, reggae, dancehall, in any of those uh, genres. We need more of those in these Grammy uh, panels. We need them. We need these people more involved in the Grammy process and the voting and everything else. So we don't have these culture vultures winning off the backs of people that 
put their bl- blood, sweat, and I'm not saying that they didn't put their blood, sweat, and tears in their work. They probably did. But like I said, it's always the watered-down versions getting all the accolades and praise. And Spice is a winner. At the end of the day, Spice's, uh, uh, Spice's rank, whatever you want to call it, went up. As soon as she was nominated for this award, she will always, even if she never wins a Grammy um, in her life, she will always be Grammy-nominated recording artist Spice. So in that shape or form, that's uh, a flex, and that's a blessing in itself. But, um, yeah, I was just like, Like, at first, I saw the group, and I didn't want to judge off of the look. I wanted to also see and hear what the music gave. And, like, I knew it was going to give. It it gave what I knew it was going to give, and that's pretty much nothing. Um, But Spice is going to be fine. Um, Spice is an artist who is always making music. So I know that one day she will get up and walk across that Grammy stage. So shout out to Spice. Okay, moving on. The Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance. Um, The nominees were Snow Allegra, Justin Bieber, Silk Sonic, uh, her, and Jasmine Sullivan. And the Grammy went to, it was a tie. Um, Jasmine Sullivan and Silk Sonic uh, won that award. And people were like, oh my gosh, is there such thing as a tie? Is there such thing as a tie? Yes, there is such thing as a tie. It rarely happens, but it's not... um, unheard of um they do is it's ties in all award shows like i've seen ties on the at the grammys i've heard of ties at the oscars i've seen ties at the emmys like there's there's oh there's always been ties but like i said they're very few and far between um moving on uh the grammy award for best r&b song uh, the nominees were Jasmine Sullivan, Her, SZA, Giveon, and Silk Sonic. And the winners were Silk Sonic. Um, shout out to them. Uh, moving on in the R&B category, the, nomin- the uh, award excuse me, for Best Progressive R&B Album. Um, the nominees were Eric Bellinger, Corey Henry, Robert Glasper, um, Ninth Wonder, etc. Masigo and Lucky Day, and the winner is Lucky Day. Shout out to Lucky Day. Um, moving on to the Grammy Award for Song of the Year, the nominees were her, Alicia Keys, Silk Sonic, Justin Bieber, Doja Cat, and Billie Eilish, and the winner is Silk Sonic. Congrats to Silk Sonic. Okay, guys, moving on to the Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance. The nominees were Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Baby Keem, Drake, and J. Cole. 
And the winner is Baby Keem. Congratulations to Baby Keem on his first Grammy Award. Um, moving on to Best R&B Album. The nominees are Snow Allegra, Her, Jasmine Sullivan, Leon Bridges, and John Baptiste. Batiste or Baptiste? Batiste? I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm messing up your name. Um, the winner of that award was Jasmine Sullivan. Congratulations to Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, moving on to Record of the Year, the nominees were Justin Bieber, Doja Cat, Silk Sonic, Little Nas X, and Billie Eilish. And the winner of Record of the Year is Silk Sonic. This is Silk Sonic's year. Uh, moving on to the Grammy Award for Best Pop Duo Group Performance. I believe this is the last award um, I will be mentioning. Um, the Grammy Award for Best Pop Duo Group Performance. The nominees were Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber and Benny Blanco, BTS, uh, Doja Cat and SZA, and Coldplay. And the winner of this award was Doja Cat and SZA. Congratulations to Doja Cat and SZA on their first Grammy Awards. Um... All in all, you know, there's a couple. I was like, hmm, I tried it. Oh, yeah, shout out to Cece. Cece cleaned, cleaned up the gospel category, child. I don't know the exact um, category she won, but sis is cleaning up those gospel categories. So uh, shout out to Cece Winans, who I believe Cece and BB is going to be doing a versus battle uh versus Mary Mary and I believe that's on Easter if I'm not mistaken um I will definitely get a date for you guys and as when it comes close to the day I I will definitely talk about it on the podcast um so again congratulations to all the Grammy winners um it seems like the Grammys was a pretty good show I didn't I didn't watch it I was um WrestleMania bound. <laughs> um, but what I will say is I did see Little Nas X's performance and his performance is really, really good. I loved his little mashup and medley of um his uh few songs, you know. Um and that's pretty much it. I haven't seen nobody else's performances. Um, nobody's really were talked about, so I'm thinking that they weren't giving really. Um, so that's pretty much it with the Grammys. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we still have uh, some fallout of the Grammys. There was a uh, famous artist whose fan base wasn't happy that they did not attend the Grammy Awards, which led to that artist deactivating their IG and Twitter accounts. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that and more. Stay tuned, stay locked. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. So, yeah. Let's get into this next story. So, 
Cardi B fans were not feeling Cardi not being at the Grammy Awards. <laughs> um, I'm going to read off some tweets um, between Cardi B's fan base and Cardi. Um, and we're going to discuss and get into this story. Um, I have a, a couple of thoughts, not too much. Um, but here we go. So one person tweeted, my thing is why hype us up if you know you're not going from the jump? She need to take care of her fans more seriously because this is getting ridiculous. I'm sorry. And Cardi wrote, uh, when did I hype y'all up? Where and when did I ever gave hints? Like, are you okay? I'm not going to an award if I don't have a new song to perform or my album ain't out next year. But shorty, you gotta chill the, you gotta chill the fuck. Which is true. Um, a lot of artists don't go to award shows if they're not being nominated or um. Or if they're not promoting any music, new music. Um, yes, Cardi was nominated for an award. I believe she's only nominated for one award. And um, with her being nominated for that one award, I'm probably not going to go to an award show either. Because nine times out of ten, I'm probably not going to win. And I really don't have nothing. Like, y'all don't understand, like... Going to these award shows, especially a celebrity like a Cardi B, it's it's not just a cup. It's not just a get up, get my hair and makeup, and go to the award show. Like no, there's a lot of things that have to be you know established. There's a lot of things that go into it. So it's like yeah, if y'all never happy. Um, so moving on. There was another fan that wrote the following. You literally could have said that as fans that barely get fed. We want to see you. What do you expect? You could have said something, period. And Cardi wrote back, um, WTF, you want me to say? I've been posting on my IG stories where I've been at. Like, clearly I'm in my house and I'm in New York. The fuck? So Cardi, it wasn't even in... Uh, I believe the Grammys was in Las Vegas. Um, she wasn't even in Vegas. Like, she was nowhere around to even go to the Grammys. She's on the whole uh, opposite coast. Um, so I just need y'all to really touch grass. Um, there was one fan that took up for Cardi, and she wrote the following. Y'all really thought she was showing up with one nomination and no new song for the year? Get a grip. Um, and Cardi wrote back, exactly, like, WTF? And so another uh, person wrote, your job is literally music. And it's just like, you don't care about it anymore. You've been saying you have an album on the way since 2019. Girl, please. Um, and Cardi wrote back, bitch, suck a dick, and go do some homework. The fuck? Um, moving on. Somebody wrote, it's really not that deep for real. 
And Cardi wrote, don't mention my kids. The fuck? Why you bring my son up? Um, Somebody wrote, I bet your son wouldn't like for you to be on your ass while teasing us fans and never, ever dropping music. And Cardi wrote, I hope your mom dies. Um, Then we have somebody else writing, lazy ass hoe, get up and get to work. Cardi wrote back, drink acid with your ugly ass. Um, And then Cardi B took the Twitter and wrote the following. I'm deleting my Twitter, but on God, I hate this fucking dumbass fan base. You got the slow dumbasses dragging my kids all because y'all thought I was going to the Grammys and I didn't the fuck. When the fuck I hinted I was going, just fucking stupid. I can't. I need to protect myself. And then next thing you know, Cardi uh, deactivates her Instagram and her Twitter. So Cardi B is officially not on social media. Now, here's my thoughts and opinions. Here's my thoughts. Now, I don't understand why people were upset that Cardi B wasn't going. She wasn't announced. She never hinted that she was going to the Grammy. She... Like, there was no mention of Cardi B in the Grammys at all. So, with that being said, I don't know where these rumors came that she was going to be in attendance. Um, I feel like a lot of people felt like because of that one nomination that they just banked on Cardi B being there. And I just need y'all to understand that a lot of these artists are not going to these award shows for multiple reasons. But two of the main reasons is if they don't have nothing to promote or if they're not nominated in more than one category, a lot of them do not come. And um, that's their prerogative. Because like I said, it's not just a get up and go type of thing. Like there's so much things you have to um, do in between. So, like, I just need y'all to really touch grass. Now, with that being said, I do not um, think Cardi should have responded. And this is my thing with Cardi. I love her down. Like, I, I think she is very funny. She's very relatable in a lot of ways. And she has some good music. But this is my thing with her. She always has to interact with hate like the haters and i just don't understand that and it's not just her that do it it's multiple artists among all of the entertainment industry that do this but for some reason cardi is like really one of those main girls that always has to comment you know or say something against haters and i get it imagine you are and, and, and Cardi is starting to get out of that new artist uh, lane, and she's in that lane of being established. So we can't sit up here and say anymore, oh, she's a new artist. Oh, this is new fame. Oh, this, that, and the third. No, girl, you've been in this game for about four or five years. Now it's time for you to start acting like you've been in this game for four or five years. A, a response is never, like, I, I, I don't understand why I have to respond. And then for you to respond 
and tell people to eat a dick and shut the fuck up and drink acid and I hope your mom dies. Girl, do you understand that we're not in a day of age where you can just say anything to people and not have any consequences? And then this would be the same and I and and this is somebody that enjoys Cardi B. She would be the same person if somebody if we all band up to stop fucking with her, she will be the same person to do the woe is me, I this, that, and the third. But girl, you put yourself in these predicaments because granted, yes, these people are in your inbox or in your mentions or in whatever, dragging the fuck out of you. But you are also in here telling people that their mom like girl it's never that serious to tell somebody that you hope their mom dies it's never that serious for you to tell somebody to drink some bleach and call people ugly and this that and the third and then you wonder why you be in these predicaments and nobody can help you out of them because you do it to yourself if like I don't understand what it's what's the fascination of celebrities clapping back. Like I get it sometimes enough be enough and you just gotta tell people to put respect on your name. But when it's like this, I, I like I don't I don't understand I don't get it. I don't understand it. I will never understand it. I will never get it. Um because let's let's be real. Elijah will net like you can write a a thesis, a 15-page paper on why you do not like Elijah, and Elijah will never respond to it because, one, I will never give you the satisfaction of thinking I'm even pressed about you. That's, That's first and foremost. And two... I'm not about to write no pay. I'm not about to respond to, to who am I responding to? To people that have a perception of me already and whatever they believe they're going to believe. That's why I need Cardi to really, because it's getting, she's going to mess right around and cancel herself because of the way she goes back as social goes on with social media. And like I said, she can't use the excuse that this is new fame, this is new this, and you have been established. You have been established. So now it's it's time to start growing up. It's time to start maturing. It's time to stop clapping back at every little thing. It's time to stop going on live and clearing your name for any and everything. She also went live recently to debunk claims of copying Nikki. Who gives a flying fuck? Nikki is a literal carbon copy of another rapper. She can never get on social media and honestly, honestly, because she can get on social media and say anything she wants. And of course, her brainless fans are going to agree with her. But honestly, with the GP, with the general public, she can't honestly get on social media and say anything about people copying because she literally copied Little Kim's whole persona. And and, and it's no shade to Nikki, and it's no shade to Little Kim. It's just the fact.
So with and then on top of that, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been done multiple times. Any like people rapping in front of thugs and gangsters in the Bronx or wherever you are in the city with cars and in the hood. That video has been done. It's been done. So certain things i'm not getting on social media and debunking anything and bitches want to think i'm copying you could think i'm copying bitch and that's my thing with cardi she always has to clear her name and i get and i understand why she wants to do it but sometimes you just gotta leave well enough alone because at the end of the day whether you go on live and whether you go on live and try to uh, clear your name or not, people are still not going to fuck with you. People are still not going to believe you. And it not it tiring to try to convince people that don't like you to like you? That's tiring. And I would think, like I said, and Cardi B being in the game for this amount of time, she will find, like, I would I would think she would have gotten that by now. But I also need to preface this with the fans. Y'all need to really seek help. These celebrities don't owe you nothing. They don't owe you absolutely nothing. This woman is a mother and a wife. So even if, even if she has a life and it don't revolve around Barty gang, I'm sorry, boo. And that's what, and this is what I, y'all don't get. Y'all don't understand that these celebrities don't owe y'all nothing, and the world doesn't revolve around y'all. Granted, they love their fan bases, and they want, and they thankful for their fan bases for getting them to the point that they're at. But at the same time, they don't owe you nothing. And you don't get to clock their lives. Imagine getting online, trying to drag somebody because they didn't go to an award show. Mind you, the same award show, the black community loves dragging. This is what I don't understand with y'all. And it's not just the fans, it's the celebrities too. Y'all get on social media, fuck the Grammys. You don't give a fuck about the Grammys, da 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 da. But y'all asses are there every year. Y'all are crying and bitching and complaining when y'all don't get nominated and damn sure when y'all don't get an award. And y'all fan bases do the most. But why is it in every year the comments is fuck the Grammys, fuck the Grammys, but y'all be pressed when y'all favorite or not at the Grammys? Which one is it? Make it make sense to me. This is why I don't, this is why what I was saying about last week with the Oscars and Will Smith, like y'all are too double-minded. Y'all too one, y'all too 
it, it, it's just it's 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 too much. It's either you you're you're standing for one thing or you're standing for the other. Y'all too busy playing both sides for me. That's why I don't take y'all serious. That's why when shit when y'all talk about oh the Grammys this that I mean or the Oscars this that and the third, I tell y'all to shut the fuck up because your faves live and breathe for these award shows. They live and breathe for these award shows. And if they don't get these awards, they're the first ones on social media dragging these award shows. And then, and like I said, y'all don't support the black award shows either. So it's like, I, I really don't have nothing for y'all, but I just need y'all to touch grass um, Cardi, I need you to really get your life because at this point, you may leave and write your and do your album and come back to nobody fucking with you because of the way you talk to people. And I don't give a fuck if they was annoying you or not. Ignore them. I don't understand why y'all pick and choose the worst tweets to drag and clap back at and then be playing victim when people drag y'all. You don't have to respond. There's nothing on Twitter. There's nothing on Instagram that says that you have to respond to these hate comments. There's nothing. But yeah, so sis is off of social media and reportedly working on her uh, new album that's coming. So we'll see. And she says she had a lie before she deactivated everything and says that she will be on a big red carpet um, to promote her next single. So, or, so people are thinking either the BET Awards or the Met Gala because those two things are coming up. So we'll see. All right, guys, moving on. Speaking of Will Smith, what did I tell y'all last week that what was going to happen when this shit came out? I said two things. I said, one, these white people and these white publications and news uh, media conglomerates are going to drag the fuck out of this situation, which they did. And I said, watch these white execs start pulling shit, start uh, 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 taking shit away from him. Like I said, you don't get up. You don't. and And people have been arguing this. People have been fighting this. I have seen uh, life coaches, therapists. Uh, activists, all of them are all in the black community in large are all on violence equals protection. And I want to let y'all guys know yet again, that violence does not equal protection. In some cases it does. Like when your life is literally being put on the line. I believe in violence. 
But when somebody's talking shit or saying some shit about you, I mean, <laughs> but at the same, but with that being said, though, I also got to look at three consequences that I will face if I put my hands on somebody. Either somebody, or we going to be fighting, somebody going to go and get a weapon, or you're getting the the cops called on you and you're going getting arrested. So I just need y'all to know know that, love that, notice that, soak that in, and get that through your heads. That y'all are not Will Smiths, y'all are not Jada Pinkett Smiths, and y'all are not Chris Rocks. Y'all will go to fuck to jail, or y'all will get beat the fuck up in real life. So don't be having these therapists and these life coaches and these celebrities have y'all out here six feet under because y'all sitting here listening to today's stupid ass. That and and that's pretty much all I was trying to say last week. Granted, <laughs> but a soul is not right. And so, with that being said. Netflix and Sony reportedly are placing upcoming Will Smith projects on hold. So, according to The Hollywood Reporter, both Netflix and Sony have placed their upcoming projects with Will Smith on the back burner. Um, A few other projects in pre-production are likely to do the same. Um, Sony has placed Bad Boy 4 on hold. Um... Real reportedly received 40 pages of the script prior to the Oscars, and production on the movie was moving forward. But everything has paused. Same goes for Netflix's Fast and Loose, a film that was set to star Will as a powerful criminal who loses his memory only to learn that he was living a double life. Um, They want to assess how tarnished Smith's reputation has become. Because they do not want to associate or put their name, put his name on anything that can tarnish their brands, and this is what I be saying. And and like I said last week, of and it's not even about being cool for the white master and, and being in line for white mat. It's not giving none of that. It's just the simple fact that you know that as a black man, we have it hard. And you know your career is white ran. You like I like it's just like certain things you know, and granted, like I said, that doesn't mean you have to conform to them. You have to conform to their ideals. But you know how it is. You know anything you do is crazy scrutinized. You know that if you do something, it looks worse than if if somebody from the opposite race does it. You know this and you did it. And so I'm I'm not under... Under these posts, saying, oh, my gosh, y'all dragging it. Oh, my gosh, y'all doing the most. Y'all knew that they were going to drag it. Y'all knew that they were going to do the most. 
I have heard so many crazy theories. Somebody even said, child, that anybody who does not uh, believe that Will was right in smacking Chris Rock um, holds the ideals of white supremacy. And I literally had to laugh to keep from crying because if you if we are really on that type of time i'm really scared for our community if we are this dumb i'm really scared for our community So we're gonna see where the where what happens um with this. Um I do not I, I really don't feel like these uh projects are going to be canceled or gonna be uh, scrapped or he's gonna be recast, anything. I don't feel like that none of that is gonna take place. I honestly just feel like they're waiting for all of this craziness to die down before they uh continue on with these projects so but we'll see i will definitely keep an eye and an ear to this story as it develops uh, moving on um let me see oh yeah speaking of which um before i go to the next story um will also resigned from the academy um he wrote this. This is his statement. Um, I have directly responded to the Academy's disciplinary hearing notice, and I will fully accept any and all consequences for my conduct. My actions at the 94th um, Annual Academy Awards presentation were shocking, painful, and inexcusable. The list of those I heard is long and includes Chris, his family, and many of my dear friends and loved ones, all in attendance and global audiences at home. I betrayed the trust of the Academy. I deprived other nominees and winners of their opportunity to celebrate and be celebrated for the extraordinary work. I am heartbroken. I want to put the focus back on those who deserve the attention for the achievements and allow the Academy to get back to the incredible work it does to support creativity and artistry in film. So I am resigning from membership in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and will um, accept any further consequences the board deems appropriate. Um, that was congratulations to the PR. Good statement. Um, it, it was just wrong. And, and like I said, the reasoning in, in a lot of cases wasn't wrong. It was the, the physical, the actual act was wrong the actual act was wrong he had no right to get up on national tv and open hand slap anybody anybody unless he was defending himself physically defending himself because y'all like to get that you know misconstrued too physically defending himself um What I think is the uh, the motion picture arts and sciences, um, they definitely gave him an ultimatum. 
Um, I don't think he really truly wanted to resign. I think it was either resign or you're going to be fired, so to speak. Um, which I would definitely take the resigning because I look better in the public eye than, you know, the academy uh, expelling you out of the uh, membership. Um but yeah, it's just like I said, with with every action is a reaction, and with every uh, thing you do, there's a consequence. There's something that comes from it, and this is what's coming from it. And um, I just wish healing and positive energy to the Smiths, and of course, I give my positivity and my light to Chris Rock and his uh, family as well, because I can just only imagine what he may be going through as well. Um, so we're going to take a short break. We have a few more stories to get through, um, and then we'll get into our WWE uh, recap. So stay tuned, stay locked. This is EDS Squad After Dark. <music> And we are back. All right, y'all. So let's continue on. So did y'all hear about Monique and the Lee Daniels, uh, Oprah Renfrey, and Tyler Perry uh, debacle? If you guys have been living in Iraq, that was like an old story. That was like a re- that was a minute ago um, when that whole situation uh, transpired. Um, but fast forward to, I believe, uh, early this year, T.S. Madison um, on her show uh, turns up with T.S. Madison on Fox Soul. Um, she did an interview with Monique, and Monique got very candid about her fallout with Lee Daniels and Tyler Perry and Oprah. And um, just a little cliff notes, basically... Uh, Monique was just saying how um, she felt like she was blackballed because of these individuals and uh, her not wanting to do any extra press for the movie Precious. Um, If you guys don't know, when you are in a movie, especially a movie that is rumored to have Golden Globes and Oscar uh, nominations. Um, a lot of the times these studios and these companies tell you know these actors that you have to go on press junkets. And usually press junkets is just a full tour of just going and uh, bigging up you know, the higher ups and basically just getting your name out there and getting the buzz and everything on you. And um, Monique didn't do that because she felt like she was only paid to act and perform in this movie and that's it. Um, And on top of that, she didn't think it was going to get to the point of an Oscar. She was just, because it was an independent movie. um, And so she was just, you know, happy that it got into the film festivals and stuff like that. And then when Tyler Perry, uh, Oprah got involved into movie Precious, that's when it was like full steam ahead. They got a production deal with Lionsgate and 
it just, you know, kind of blew up from there. And Monique basically was like, um, like I have a family, like I just can't drop everything and go on a full press run from a movie that, <laughs> let's be real, around that time, getting an Oscar was like catching, it was like hitting the lottery. So I can see on all sides of the cylinder as to why Monique really was not trying to do no press run. And Lee Daniels and Oprah and Tyler Perry, they got in their feelings because, you know, how dare a black woman tell anybody no, especially in a male, white male dominated uh, field or realm or world and um that's when opportunities stopped coming to monique and she felt like she was blackballed and then that whole thing with netflix so monique has really been going through a lot when it comes to the entertainment business and the entertainment industry so when she had this interview with t.s madison my heart went out to her and i've always been team monique ever since she came out with that first video i've always been team monique because i know how this country does regular citizens you know what i mean so imagine somebody celebrity and especially a celebrity that is opinionated and does voice their opinions. Of course, they wanna make an example of her. Of course, they want to shut her up. So of course, I will believe that, you know? And then she started talking about how her, her and Tyler Perry, you know, she wanted to have a conversation with him. He wasn't trying to have no conversation. And then, you know, he got, people were calling on Monique's behalf. He was telling them, oh, I don't want no conversation with Monique. The conversation is dead. The situation is dead. It's in the water. Then at some point he uh, changed his mind. He wanted to have a conversation, but he wanted to do it on his terms. And my thing is, if you want to really have a conversation in dead beef, you are not going to be so dead set like I will only have a conversation if you do this, that, and the third. No, like you should want to have a conversation because you want to have a conversation and rectify the situation. And Monique was like, uh, no. So as of now, I, like, I don't know because I'm not behind the scenes and I'm not with Monique, but as of that taping, her and Tyler Perry were still not cool. Like they didn't have that conversation or nothing. Um, so I believe this interview was the interview that Lee Daniels saw because Lee Daniels is good friends with T.S. Madison. T.S. Madison worked with Lee Daniels um, with um, when uh, Star was on Fox. I believe T.S. Madison did like backstage interviews and Q&As with Fox and stuff like that. So they always had like this friendship. So I believe that's when he saw the interview and that's when, you know, he, I believe he might've reached out and stuff like that. And he had a conversation and they pre-taped this interview and, you know, they were talking about, I saw some clips. Um, they were talking about the Monique situation and how T.S. Madison just wants, you know, them to be cool because, you know, she's cool with Monique and she's cool with Lee Daniels, you know? And she wants to see a relationship be repaired. And I mean, who does not? Um, so fast forward, um, I believe 
uh, Monique was doing a stand-up show in Staten Island. Um, Lee Daniels showed up and he apologized to Monique in front of that whole audience. Um, of course, people recorded it. So it was on the Shade Room, Neighborhood Talk, and all of these blogs pretty much instantly. Um, I was happy to see it because I'm always, always, always happy to see people um, move on and um, heal um, from traumas and situations. And there was a lot of people in the comments that were like, oh my gosh, why did it take so long? Why you take this, that, and the third? People don't understand that healing is not an overnight thing. Sometimes it can be, but for the most part, it's not. Sometimes it's not even a month thing. It's not a two-month thing. It's not a six-month. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes it takes five. Sometimes it takes ten. Who are you to... Uh, to, t to say when people should be healed, you know? So I I'm all here for it. Um, and uh, once that video came out, people started saying it was 50 Cent that, was, that brought them together. Shout out to 50, because 50 has also been in Monique's corner. Um, I believe, I really think that Monique is going to be a part of some uh, power spinoff. I don't know. I honestly think she should go to Ghost and be a part of uh, Monet's family in some way, shape, or form. Because um, I think her and Mary J. Blige will fucking kill it. Like, like I, I can just see it right in my vision. Um, so I honestly think she should go to Ghost, but I will be here for any spinoff that um she will be a part of. So fingers crossed that we see Monique and some power spinoff. But like I was saying, 50 was very championing Team Monique, and he really wanted her to um, mend fences with Lee Daniels and Oprah and Tyler Perry because... And it's right. Like, why are we always the ones that are being uh, broken up and separated and with issues when we can come together and make fucking money? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, like I get it. There's people that you don't you don't vibe with, you don't mix with, and you don't you know they're not your stilo. But at the end of the day, if I'm a business person, and this is why, and I'm gonna. Why I'm bringing it back to WWE. Uh, this is why I uh, admire Vince McMahon so much because he is business. Like, of course, he has personal relationships with uh, his uh, wrestlers and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's business. And there are times where he has had to put his personal feelings aside because it's bigger than what I think and what I feel. It's about the business. And there's been many of times where business and created amazing opportunities. And it's always us where we can't separate the business and personal. And it messes us up sometimes. And um, I'm just happy that Monique is... First, being heard um, and being vindicated in, in many different ways. But to go back to the 50 Cent portion, um, everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, thank you, 50. It was you, 50. Shout out to 50. Da, 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 da. And T.S. Madison felt away. And so she took to 
Twitter and IG to get some things off of her chest. Um, okay, so the first thing she posted was a picture of her and um, Lee Daniels in a car. I believe that's where she's going to do her interview with him. And she wrote, for the record, it was most definitely this upcoming interview on Turned Out with TS on Fox Soul with my good friend Lee Daniels that most definitely shifted the atmosphere with uh, Monique. Trust me, I'm so happy that 13 years have been fully mended. Then um, people were dragging, people were dragging her because they felt like she was trying to take the credit that she she was making it about her and this, that, and the third. And I love T.S. I, I love her. I love her down. That's my girl. Uh, in that statement, it definitely, I have to be honest, it definitely was giving me. I did it. If it wasn't for me. I, 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 I. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's people like to discredit and people love to discredit marginalized groups. Like they love to discredit black women. White people love to discredit black people in general, but black people love to discredit black women. They love to discredit uh, black, uh, queer and LGBTQIA uh, folks. They love to discredit these marginalized groups of people for whatever reason. And so it started turning into, oh, she's uh, arrogant, she's a narcissist. And then it started turning into, she's a man. It it just started, it's, it's just the same thing over and over. And this is why. And, and, and people don't understand why she made this post. Y'all and the shit that y'all commenting under her post, the shit that y'all are making threads and statuses and posts about this situation, this is the reason why she made this post. It's because y'all didn't have a problem when 50 was bragging and saying this, that, and the third. Y'all didn't have no issue with it. But as soon as T.S. Madison came out and said, no, 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 no. Contrary to popular belief, it was my interview that got this ball rolling. Now it's, you're a narcissist. You always thinking it's about you. It's not about you. You're making it about you, da, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, somebody that don't have the context would read this. And think the same thing. Like, to be honest, if I didn't have the context of T.S. Madison and knowing what she goes through as a trans woman in this country and in the black community, on top of y'all discrediting her because of 50 Cent, I would have looked at that post and said the same thing if I didn't have the background. But now that I have the background, I understand why she posted this. It's because y'all never had no energy when 50 was saying it. But when she says it, it, it it's World War Three. 
So with that, uh, T.S. Madison, she took to Twitter and wrote the following. Y'all was all right when people were saying 50 Cent made this and that happen. But the tune changed soon as I stated that no moves was made till after that woman sat down with me. And then I showed where I sat down with Lee in an upcoming interview. And now it's so what? Ciao. And then she uh, posted this also to Instagram with the caption, I'm just going to say this and be done. I didn't do anything for credit. I did it because the universe laid the pieces of the puzzle together. And I love two people. I love these two people that are my friends. What I don't really care for is the underwhelming of the catalyst. Don't act like this was going on before February 16th, Pooh. And March 11th is when I taped the lead interview and he said to me he was going to make it right because he really watched that interview and it was deep. Happy Sunday. I'm glad T.S. Madison came out and said it. Because had T.S. Madison would have never said anything, I know for a fact 50 Cent would have took that shit and ran with it. He would have took that shit, ran with it. He would have he would have egged it on. He would have made it bigger than what it was. He would have he would like he would have dragged it. So I'm glad T.S. Madison came in like, bitch, no. What we not about to do. And she's also protecting her work. I'm about to have somebody claim that they did something when I was the or when it was my it was my or it was orchestrated from me. It's all about protecting your brand. It's all about protecting your interests. And creating factual narratives and not going off lies and not writing with a lie, which a lot of these artists will do. They will literally ride and, and, and get in the front seat. Hell, they will drive the car in a lie. They will drive a lie to the ends of the earth, a lot of these celebrities. T.S. Madison is like, nah, 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 nah. I work too hard. And it's been too hard to get into this industry, especially where I came from. She was the ex-sex worker. She's a, tra- a black trans woman in this country. Absolutely not. I have had to work hard to get to this spot. I'm not letting nobody take credit for the shit I've done. And sometimes it's, it's like that. Because, like I said, a lot of people will take a lie and ride with it. So I just need y'all to uh, keep off of my girl, T.S. And like I said, I just pray for healing with Lee Daniels and Monique. And I believe Monique, um, speaking of, they patched things up. And now Monique and Lee Daniels are working on something together. Um, she is replacing Octavia Spencer in the next, the Netflix thriller, 
demon house. Um, and the only reason why uh, Octavia Spencer, because people were like, oh my gosh, where's Octavia Spencer? Why y'all? Da, 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 da. Octavia Spencer is working on a project and she's not able to do this project because she is busy. That's why she has been replaced. And I'm all here for Monique and Lee Daniels working together again. So congratulations to them both. Um, so that is going to wrap up our celebrity news, our celebrity tea. When we come back, we're going to get into our WWE recaps and news. Stay tuned, stay locked. We'll be back right after this. heard the theme you already know what time we on we on wwe time yo wrestlemania 38 is in the books but before we get into wrestlemania we got to talk about friday night smackdown aka smackdown wrestlemania smackdown um hold on yeah All right, so WrestleMania or Smack, yeah, WrestleMania SmackDown. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm all over the place. Um, but how do y'all think about WrestleMania SmackDown? There was a lot of matches that were announced. Um, the Andre Battle Royal, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, excuse me, and and um. The Intercontinental uh, Championship was on the line, um, among a few other things. Um, so let's get into it. So the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, um, the winner of that was Mad Cat Moss. So shout out to Mad Cat Moss, who, by the way, Mad Cat Moss is fine as fuck. Like, at first, I really wasn't looking at him like that. But, like, between WrestleMania... SmackDown and his WrestleMania moment with Sheamus. I mean, excuse me, not Sheamus. Woo, I'm getting them all mixed up today. His um, WrestleMania moment with uh, Happy Corbin. He was looking kind of good. Like, I'm so shout out to you, Matt Catmoss. Um, he eliminated the U.S. champion Finn Balor. Um, the U.S. champion eliminated Priest late into the match as he started to take over the field. Madcap nearly eliminated his final four competitors, Balor, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler, and one fell swoop. Uh, Balor held on and appeared to be en route to winning before Madcap reversed the Irish whip and tossed him out clean. Um, 
So yeah, shout out to Madcap Moss on winning that Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, moving on, there was the triple threat match for the Intercontinental Champion, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, and Ricochet in a triple threat match. Um, Ricochet ended up defending and uh, retaining his title um, after pinning Carrillo. Los Lotharios teamed up on Ricochet for the majority of the match, but Ricochet took advantage of communication breaking down between the tag team. Um, he landed a, uh, 630, a 360 splash on Garza into a recoil on Carrillo to uh, finish the match. So shout out to Ricochet on retaining his title. Um, there was a video package on Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens for WrestleMania 38. And I'm going to talk about the video packages in a minute because, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Then next up... It was a tag team match, Zelina Vega and uh, Carmilla, the uh, women's tag team champions, uh, versus Naomi and Sasha Banks. Uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks ended up winning. Um, Naomi scored the pinfall after landing a split leg moonsault on Vega immediately after Banks landed a mid-rope splash. Um, so they had a lot of momentum going into WrestleMania. Um, then Kayla Braxton interviewed Ronda Rousey earlier in the day. Um, Rousey took a break from sparring with Shayna Baszler. She sent a message to Charlotte, threatening to tear her arm off to take home to the Rousey family. Um, then WWE ran another package, celebrating the crossover success of, uh, of Flair and Rousey. Then another video package. Uh, play promoting Ro uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Um, then after that, Austin Theory um, attacked Pat McAfee, uh, tripping the SmackDown commentator while he stood on the announcer table, um, playing. Uh, Y'all know how Pat does when Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Rick Boogs come out. You know he's on top of the. The announcer desk, and you know, he's doing his thing. Um, McAfee chased Theory to McMahon's office yet again and kicked down the door. McMahon came out and confronted McAfee, threatening to fire him if he didn't get back to the desk. Um, Theory later returned and threw a cup of ice at McAfee. Um, Theory got a taste of karma walking back as he was blinded by Finn Balor. Um, the U.S. champion uh, attacked him and tossed him into the ring. Um, Rick Boogs versus Jimmy Uso. Um, that ended in a no contest after Balor threw Theory in the ring. A six-man tag match was booked immediately after. Um, so it was Austin Theory in the Usos uh, versus Finn Balor, Rick Boogs, and Shisuke Nakamura. Um, Austin Theory and the Usos ended up winning after Theory slept after um, Theory uh, pinned Balor. Um, and so that was WrestleMania SmackDown. Then we had the Hall of Fame like right after, right? 
So the Hall of Fame was a really good Hall of Fame. Um, I, I enjoyed it uh, immensely. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I love uh, the shorter class. I love the smaller classes because um one is not taking so much time with the speeches and it flows a little bit better um i'm kind of really not liking the 10 30 to 12 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because it was kind of late especially on a friday like it's granted it's the weekend but people worked on that day like people did like people had to work so doing having an uh, an event from 10 30 at night to 12 eh, is a little bit much but it wasn't terrible um just because of the fact of it not being a long uh hall of fame class and the speeches weren't that long um i enjoyed undertaker's speech immensely um he is literally the goat he is the goat, the goat, the goat, the goat, the goat, the goat, um, period. That's pretty much all I have to say about Undertaker, the absolute goat. Um, and like I said, I enjoyed myself. Um, Shad Gaspard's wife and, and just him being and getting the Warrior Award. It was just seeing JTG come out, hearing Crime Time's theme. Like, it brought me back to my childhood. Like, I literally, and JTG looks good. Like, he look good. Like, <laughs> um, but no, for real, he looks healthy. He looks good. Like, every, it just, it, it was really a good uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony. Um, the rest of, oh, the current superstars and their looks, everybody looked amazing. Uh, shout out to my girl, Sasha Banks. Her dress was fire. Uh, Bianca Belair looked it absolutely amazing. Her and Montez Ford looked it absolutely amazing. Um, who else did I see? Trish Stratus and Lita, they looked it absolutely amazing. Um, who else? Oh yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte looked it good. Her and Andrade, um, they looked it good together. Um, I'm trying to see who else looks that I seen. Oh, the Bella twins, Nikki and Brie. First of all, Brie ate. Nikki's dress was cute too, but Brie came to eat. Like she ate. Like sis ate. Like they looked it really good. Um. I'm trying to think who else. Charmel, Char Queen Charmel looked it amazing. Everybody looked it so good. Like everybody looked it really good. Um, so shout out to the Hall of Fame. Um, moving on, the next day we had uh, an NXT Takeover stand and deliver at twelve o'clock. Um, I did not catch pretty much most of the pay-per-view and that is because i was out doing stuff i had to run errands um but i was able to come back to uh the nxc championship match between Braun breaker 
and Dolph Ziggler. And I thought that match was really good. It told a really good story. Um, Dolph Ziggler ended up winning. Um, and it just it was just a really good match. So shout out to Braun Breaker and uh Dolph Ziggler. And anybody and I heard TakeOver was a really good pay-per-view. Like all I heard all the matches were good. I'm gonna go back and watch it for myself. Um, and yeah, so shout out to NXT 2.0. Um, so moving on to WrestleMania 38 night one. So before I get into the actual results and all of my thoughts and opinions on night one, WWE needs to figure out a way to, uh, to limit the wrestling packages because it it was just a lot. It was like we always get a decent amount of wrestling packages um, during WrestleMania and around WrestleMania. It, it's just, but this year it seemed like a lot, and maybe it's because we had a lot going on that all of these events were saturated with these packages. So, granted, WrestleMania. Raw, we had all of those packages. WrestleMania, and I and mind you guys, I didn't watch NXT 2.0. I did not watch NXT UK. I did not watch um those. So I don't even know if they showed those packages then. But nine times out of ten, they probably did. And um, so so that's already that's possibly three different shows already. Then WrestleMania SmackDown, they showed pack the same packages. And the thing is, it's not like it was different packages or updated. It was literally the same pack video packages. So it's like, okay, and that and like I said, y'all just heard me go through uh WrestleMania SmackDown and I said packages like three or four times. Um so then, wrestle. I mean, the Hall of Fame. Not all the commercial breaks. Packages, 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 packages. Then stand and deliver. Packages, packages. Pa- Mind you, there was a kickoff show, so they're showing nothing but packages. The show packages. Then WrestleMania Night One, the kickoff show for two hours. It was nothing but packages. And mind you, guys, it was the same video packages we saw all week long it was no new packages the same ones so then on top of the kickoff having all of these packages the actual pay-per-view were showing all of these packages and they were the same ones it was it was it was a lot it was really a lot of packages and i get why they do it because of time they need time to set up the ring they need time to set up entrances they need time to this that and the third but my thing is you don't have to show these packages until the actual pay-per-view you already showed them when you didn't really need to you had a two-hour kickoff show which could have went to the andre the giant battle royal and the Intercontinental and United States Championships being defended. But no, it was literally two hours of 
interviews and packages. I wasn't a fan. So next year, hopefully, they do a little bit better with the packages. I hopefully, hopefully, and prayfully just leave them until WrestleMania. And if you cannot leave them to WrestleMania, at least try to switch up the packages from a regular SmackDown episode to a WrestleMania. Like, come on. All right, so night one happened. Um, first things first, the first match of the evening was uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It was Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boots taking on the uh, Usos who are the uh, who were the uh, current uh, champions. Um, Nakamura got things rolling to start the match, um, but the Usos they quickly turned the tables and isolated the former Intercontinental Champion away from Boogs. All right, so Nakamura was able to get the hot tag to Boogs, who quickly took out both Jimmy and Jay before hitting a big delay suplex on Jimmy Uso for the first real near fall of the match. Um, Boogs attempted to both to put both Usos up in a fireman carry, but his knee gave out. Um, this gave the Usos momentum, and Jimmy Usos nearly scored the win with an Uso splash on Nakamura. Boogs never returned to the match, and WWE later announced that Boogs has suffered a torn quad patellar tendon. Um, the Usos soon scored the win after hitting their version. Excuse me, of the three day. Unfortunate um, stuff with the injury. My thoughts and my love and my light goes to Rick Boogs um, because that's not an injury to play around with. Like, at least six months he's out. At least. That's if he's on John Cena, Superman <laughs> uh, type of um, recovery. That's it's six months. But for the most part, it's a year. Um, so wish Boogs in all of, you know, his surgery and we hope for a speedy recovery. Um, so like I said, the Usos ended up winning over Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. Um, that match to me really wasn't because of the injury. I'm not really going to judge the match harshly, but it wasn't really a match because it literally happened pretty early on in the match. Um, so next up, it was Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Okay, so after a brief brawl segment to start the match, uh, Corbin took over and hit McIntyre with the vertical suplex, uh, followed by a back suplex. Uh, McIntyre continued to eat punches from Corbin before Mad Cat Moss attempted to celebrate with Corbin, um, causing enough of an accidental distraction that McIntyre started his comeback with a spine buster. Um, Corbin was able to cut off the comeback fairly quickly when he scored a near fall off a deep six. Uh, momentum continued to swing before McIntyre set up the Claymore, only for Moss to pull Corbin from the ring for the save. Uh, McIntyre would miss uh, with a Claymore and fall right into the end of days, but McIntyre kicked out at two. And I was just privyed... Um, with some information that McIntyre, Drew McIntyre is the first person and Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, or whatever you're calling him nowadays, 
He has been in WWE for a while. Um, and Drew McIntyre is the only person who kicked out of the end of days. Anytime that Corbin would uh, use the end of days, it was an automatic one, two, three. Um, but McIntyre was the first person to kick out of the end of days. Um, so a shot Corbin would eat a cleaner moments later, giving McIntyre the win. All right, so Drew McIntyre ended up uh, defeating Happy Corbin via pinfall. That match was it was pretty good. It was it was it was a solid match. Um, but y'all already know how I feel about the feud. I I, I really hope that this feud is over. Um, moving on, it was the Mysterios versus the Miz and Logan Paul. So I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Logan Paul definitely showed off um, some good athleticism early on. Um, he leapfrogging Rey Mysterio multiple times before hitting um, a split mid-ring. That only served to get Paul kicked in the head. However, he was forced to tag out to the Miz. Um, Paul continued to show off some impressive moves, including drilling Dominic with a running power slam and a blockbuster. Um, while Miz and Paul used several cheap tactics to keep control, the Mysterios kept fighting back um, using a variety of DDTs and speed-based moves to continue to fight back. Um, so in the moment of a cheap heel heat, Paul hit Ray with the Three Amigos in a frog splash with an Eddie Guerrero shimmy. The Guerreros responded by hitting Paul with a tandem 619, but they missed a blind tag by The Miz, who was able to sneak into the ring, hit a skull crushing finale on Ray to get the win. Um, after the match, Miz turned on Paul and hit him with the skull crushing finale. Um, it was a good match. It was a decent match. Um, like I said, Logan Paul definitely um came into that match with some training and took it very seriously and he came out with a decent match um you know and i'm liking these celebrity matches a lot of these celebrities that the wwe are getting in nowadays they are taking this uh serious when it comes to the matches and getting the training and making sure that they're putting on the best uh, product that they can put out. So shout out to all of the celebrities that showed up to WWE's WrestleMania this year. All right, so moving on, we have the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. So the Texas Southern University marching band, which is an HBCU, um, performed ahead of Belair's entrance, adding a big match feel. Oh my gosh, Becky and Bianca looked it amazing. I absolutely adored uh, Bianca's gear. Like her WrestleMania gear was phenomenal. And y'all already know Bianca, she uh, sews all her own gear. She does all her own gear. She does her husband's and his tag team partner's gear as well. Uh, she is amazing at what she does. And that, uh, that gear was just absolutely amazing. So shout out to Belair first and foremost on that. So 
as of the match. So, okay, so the match started off with Lynch hitting the man handle slam seconds into the match, calling back to the ultra quick win at uh, SummerSlam. But Belair was able to kick out this time. Okay, so the early sprint saw a lot of fast pin attempts before the match spilled to ringside, and Lynch set, sent Belair into the ring steps. Uh, Lynch used momentum to hit several big moves, including a guillotine leg drop as Belair was draped over the top rope. Uh, Belair came back after the early run for Lynch, hitting the double chicken wing slam, and the rebound moonsault for a near fall. Um, Belair placed Lynch on her shoulders. And a fireman's carry and took her a second, took her to the second rope before dropping her on the top rope. That set up another near fall for Belair after hitting a second rope 450 splash, which I thought was really impressive. Um, Lynch hit her own big move coming off the turnbuckle with a flipping kick to the face. Um, I believe that was supposed to be the Molly go round, but it ended up hitting uh, Belair actually in her eye. Um, Lynch countered the KOD by grabbing the top rope shortly after hitting uh, Belair with the manhandle slam on the ring steps at ringside. That failed to get Lynch the win, and she began to lose her composure. Uh, Lynch again went for the manhandle slam, but Belair kicked off the turnbuckle into the black flip to escape before hitting the KOD to get the win. The crowd was absolutely ecstatic for uh, Belair. Belair already has a, a legacy at WrestleMania. Um, she honestly should be the next wrestler to have an understyle-esque streak at WrestleMania. This is what this publication said. And honestly, I believe that as well. I honestly think she should have a Undertaker-style streak. Um, at WrestleMania. Um, this match was amazing. It was very action-packed. It definitely told an amazing story. And Bianca is your new Raw Women's Champion. So shout out to Bianca Belair. And honestly, that was one of the best matches of that night. Um, so moving on, we have Seth Rollins versus his mystery opponent. All right, so Rollins reacted with surprise, but not a complete meltdown as Cody Rhodes was revealed as his mystery opponent. And guys, it wasn't Stardust. It wasn't dashing Cody Rhodes. It was the American nightmare. Cody Rhodes, his same persona from AEW. So shout out to WWE for listening to not only Cody, but the fans. Um, the crowd was also hot for the return, and the two men mixed it up with some back-and-forth work as Rhodes stayed ahead, a step ahead early. After both men spilled to the outside after a suplex over the top rope, things slowed a bit as Rhodes started to work on Rollins' arm. Rollins was able to get back in control of the match, taunting Rhodes along the way by telling him, welcome back to the big leagues. Um, Rose storms back with a suicide dive on Roland, Rollins to the outside. The two continued to brawl before Rollins got um, rolled back into the ring, eventually hitting a falcon arrow for a near fall. Um, Rhodes counted the stomp multiple times before finally hitting crossroads, only for Rollins to kick out. 
The match became a war of convincing near falls with Rollins hitting the pedigree and having Rose kick out before screaming that Rose is in his house and his company. Uh, Rose would respond by hitting crossroads twice before a bionic elbow and one final crossroads to pick up the win. The match got a bit sloppy, especially down the stretch, but as a moment, it served its purpose quite well. Um... Cody Rose defeated Seth Rollins. The match was amazing. It was solid. It had amazing spots. And I am very interested to see where this goes for Cody Rhodes. So moving on, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, match between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. So Ronda... Okay, so before I go, Charlotte looked amazing. Ronda looked amazing. I really wasn't excited for this match because the buildup was abysmal, to say the least. Um, but I did figure that although the storyline is abysmal, Charlotte and Ronda can definitely turn it around in their match. Um, so Rousey tried to flurry with strikes early, but Flair used a ref to break to cheat, get a cheap shot and, and take over momentum. Um, Rousey became... Uh, Rousey came back with fire, going at Flair with a big judo throw, and then locking up a reverse triangle choke in the ropes before Flair was able to take over with an attack on the ring apron. Um, Flair blasted Rousey with the right forearm to the side of the head and locked in a variation of a dragon sleeper before an arm throw by Rousey and a knee to Charlotte's face for a near fall. Flair picked up a near fall with the spear and they celebrating Rousey as both women kept throwing big moves at each other. Rousey hit an arm drag from the ropes before Piper's pit, but Flair avoided the follow-up attempt at an arm bar. Um, Rousey finally locked in the ankle lock, but Flair was able to escape the hold and nearly scored a pin before Rousey countered with an arm bar and pulled Flair face first into the bottom turnbuckle. So Rousey again went for an armbar, setting up a scramble of reversals before Rousey was able to lock in that ankle lock again. Um, Flair fall out with a series of kicks to the face. Another scramble of submissions led to Flair locking in the figure eight, which Ronda uh, rolled through to break by uh, falling from the ring. Rousey hit another Piper's pit, and Flair was able to get her foot on the bottom rope. As Rousey complained, Flair hit a natural selection for a near fall. As Flair set up a figure eight again, Rousey kicked her off into, into the referee, who then missed Flair tapping to an armbar. Um, as Rousey attempted to revive the referee, Flair hit her with a big boot to pick up the win. The match was sloppy at some points and very weirdly structured but um the drama made it an interesting match um so charlotte ended up beating ronda i'm so sorry yeah that was my fault uh technical difficulties but like i was saying charlotte won um which returning her SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where this feud, if it continues, 
if it does, I need creative to really brainstorm some ideas with Charlotte and uh, Rhonda because the build-up to this match was absolutely terrible. It, it was really bad. Um, so moving on, there was supposed to be a tag team match with uh, Kofi Kingston and Alex, I mean, excuse me, Xavier Woods versus Sheamus and Rich Holland with Butch in their corner, but it was cut because of time. So we went straight into our main event, which was the Kevin Owens show with special guest Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, so Stone, um, Owens came out to the ring and cut a promo um, before the playing KO show segment saying maybe he went too far with his anti-Texas trash talk. He then said he was sorry for telling the absolute God honest truth about the state and that Texas is even worse than he remembered. Austin's music hit and cut Owens off, drawing an enormous pop from the Texas faithful. After soaking in the reaction on stage, Austin left and returned on an ATV circling the ring before entering and going corner to corner celebrating. Um, Y'all know how Austin do. Austin took his seat. On the KO show set and ran down Owens for his stupid haircut and trash talk about Texas. Cohen, excuse me, calling Owens a stupid son of a bitch. After back and forth and trash talk, um, Owens said that in reality, he tricked Austin and didn't want to talk. Instead, Owens said he was looking for a fight. Owens challenged Austin to a match, saying that Austin had no reason to turn down a no-holds-barred match on the spot. Um, after Owens continued trash-talking Austin, Austin called for a referee, and the match began. Um, the two men started off trading punches before Austin stomped a mud hole in Owens while he was down in the corner. Um, Austin continued bringing the fight, tossing Owens from the ring and repeatedly calling for mid-match beers. The brawl continued outside the ring with Owens getting the better of the brawl, um, briefly before they went into the crowd with Austin punches and choppings wearing Owens down. Uh, Owens put Austin down on the outside with a suplex on concrete. Austin wouldn't be kept down, however, and stormed back. Um, dumping Owens on the announcement table and forcing him to retreat to the Austin RT ATV. Excuse me. Austin gave Owens a ride up the stage and punished him on the entrance stage, hitting multiple suplexes. Um, the action returned to the ring where Owens hit a stunner out of nowhere after Austin chugged a few beers, but Austin managed to kick out. Owens left the ring to grab a, a steel chair, but missed Austin, hitting himself in the face as the chair rebounded off the top rope. Austin hit a stunner, scoring the pinfall to win the match. As a pure wrestling match, this wasn't, you know, it wasn't given none of that. But it was a special moment that played to the fans in the big moments of WrestleMania. It was amazing. Um, given Austin's physical limitations, um, the match was, it, it, it was amazing in that regard. Um, Steve Austin, like I said, def defeated, uh, Kevin Owens via pinfall. I, 
another match of the night. Like, just the nostalgia and seeing Austin taking bumps that you would never think a almost 60-year-old man would take. Um, It was just amazing. And just the nostalgia, uh, the part where, you know, Owens is a humongous fan of Austin and just seeing him uh, being able to fight and be in a match with one of his uh, idols or heroes or whatever, you know, it was just an amazing moment. It really was. And it definitely was amazing to close out night one of WrestleMania. So now we go into night two. And I believe night one was an amazing, it was an amazing night. And if I have to rate it out of 10, I give it a 9.5. I give it a 9.5. It was an amazing, amazing night. Um, So let's go into night two. So night two, Triple H kicked off the show by making an elaborate entrance to leave his boots in the ring, finishing off the recent news that he is, a fi- excuse me, actually, that he's retired. Um, from entering action after his recent cardiac episode. Um, he then welcomed the crowd to WrestleMania to get the event underway. So the first match of the evening was for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It was Arcade Bro defending their titles against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. So it only took set. Seconds before all six men were involved in a match. And then went Otis as the last man in the ring before an all-out brawl. As everyone entered the ring again, Montez Ford hit a flipping dive to the outside, only for Chad Gable to hit his own top rope moonsault to the outside seconds later. Momentum swung wildly as men tagged in and out until Otis tagged into the match and hit both... Excuse me, both Angelo Dawkins and Riddle with a splash to breaking pin, slightly slowing down the match. Um, Randy Orton eventually took a hot tag and cleared the ring, um, leading to both RK Bro members spiking uh, the profits with hanging DDTs. Um, a huge near fall came when Ford hit Gable with a blockbuster as Gable was seated on Daw- Dawkins' shoulders. Riddle took out Ford with the springboard RKO as Ford was on the top rope. And Austin hit Gable with the RKO of his own as Gable came off the top rope, scoring the win. It was a really fun match. It had so much action. It was so, you know, high-flying. And it was RKO's after RKO's. It was just a really amazing match. Shout-out to RK, bro. They ended up retaining their title. Um... After the match, the Prophets poured a drink for the champions before welcoming Gable Stevens to the ring to partake. Uh, Chad Gable then jumped in the ring and slapped the drink from Stevenson's hand. Stevenson uh, ripped off his shirt and hit Chad Gable with the overhead belly-to-belly suplex. So it's going to be interesting to see how Gable Stevenson comes in. Moving on, we have Bobby Lashley versus Omas. So Omas easily knocked aside a Lashley click before dropping Lashley with a forearm to the back. Um, Lashley continued to fire back, though he was repeatedly overpowered by Omas, including when Lashley first attempted to apply a hurt lock. 
Omas Carl Lashley launched the former champion from his shoulders. Omas locked Lashley in a bear hug, but Lashley fought out and after more attempts managed to hit Omas with a vertical suplex. Lashley then hit a spear to the back and another spear from the front to score the pin. It wasn't a great wrestling match, but it's how you use a monster heel, building him until you feed him to a big star. Um, Bobby Lashley, of course, defeated Omas. Um, the match really wasn't anything to go home with. I really did. It, it was it was cool to see Bobby Lashley. It was good to see Omas, but other than that, it really wasn't given all of that. Um, moving on, we go into the Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knox, excuse me, Johnny Knoxville in an anything goes match. Um, so Zayn immediately hits Knoxville with a hell of a kick as the bell sounded. Knoxville used a fire extinguisher to even things up, but Zayn stopped Knoxville from using any weapons from a trash can full of them. Uh, Zane used a baking sheet and a crutch to hit Knoxville across the back before pulling out a table from under the ring. Zane then found a table covered in mouse traps under the ring, which he pulled out and set up only to run into Knoxville, who used a pair of trash can lids only to end up uh, sent through a table in the corner with the exploder suplex. Uh, Chris Pontius of Jackass would enter the ring and dance as Zayn before stripping down to his underwear, which was absolutely disgusting because you can, first of all, they were thongs. Like, let's not pretend like they were uh, like briefs or boxer briefs. Them shits were fucking thongs and you could see right up that nigga's ass. It was disgusting. I was over it. <laughs> At that point, I was, I was, like, I was like, okay, we, we, can, we can finish this matchup. <laughs> like, but it was so jackass. Like, anytime you watch jackass or seen jackass, one of these dudes always got to be naked or halfway naked at some point in the episode. Always happens. Um, okay, so then we man, uh, we man attacked Zane and hit a body slam to set up a Knoxville Tornado DDT for a near fall. Zane took out Weeman with a hell of a kick. Uh, Knoxville knocked Zane from the top rope by pressing a button that set off Pyro from the ring post. This built to Knoxville throwing from the top rope. Knoxville throwing Zane from the top rope through a mousetrap covered table at ringside. Um, Knoxville then used a giant mousetrap to pin Zane and get the win. Um... Like I said, it was literally jackass, like jackass, like in the WWE environment. It, it literally was that. Um, one thing I have to say, it was very entertaining. Sami Zayn is very underrated, um, and that he sells the fuck out of these matches, and he sold this match like it was a million like child he sold it and for that and that alone shout out to johnny i mean excuse me shout out to Sami Zayn, shout out to johnny knoxville shout out to that match it was a really entertaining match moving on we get into the women's tag team champion fatal four-way match we have queen Zelina and carmella versus sasha banks and naomi 
versus Liv. Um, okay, Liv for brutality. I guess that's what the uh their their stable is called, which is Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. All right, so interesting early segments between Ripley and Banks, which they got a huge pop. I'm gonna need WWE to listen to their fans and give Banks and Ripley a, a program um, who failed to hit a backstabber when Ripley easily shrugged her off. Baszler paired off in Morgan and stomped her ankle before locking her into a footlock. Um, Zelina hit Morgan with a cold red, but Ripley broke the pin, setting off a stretch of everyone hitting big moves. Morgan and Ripley hit simultaneous Towers of Doom on the spots. Um, on the other six women in the match, setting them up for a big run that included hitting Naomi with a riptide into Morgan's knees. Near falls continued to come one after the other with all the women in the match hitting signature moves, only to see a pin attempt broken until Naomi hit a face buster into Banks. Um... Excuse me, hit a face bugger into Banks' knees to score the win. It was a really good match. Um, it was very, like this person said, it was very structured. It was structured very well. Um, I did hear there was a lot of producers in this uh, specific match. They had a lot of producers attached to this match. So um, I don't know who they were. I will find out who they were. Um, but... This was a, it was just action personified. It was just high fly moves, double team moves. It was it was a really good match. Um, so Sasha Banks ended up winning, and they are the new women's tag team champions, which I am so excited. Y'all already know I, I'm a Sasha Banks stan. I am a Naomi stan. I am a Bianca Belair stan. Stand. Like, I love these women so fucking much. And I'm so, 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 so happy for Sasha and Naomi. First things first, Sasha Banks um, ended her undefeated streak. She finally won a WrestleMania match. Um, and then Naomi, this is her first title in five years. So shout out to both of them. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do with these tag titles. I already know the tag division is going to uh, do big things with these two people holding the reins. Moving on, we have AJ Styles versus Edge. Um, Edge took a smug approach to the start of the match, disrespecting Styles before Styles did a dropkick and several arm drags to get off to a hot start. Um, Edge tried to come back with the spear, but Styles countered. Edge came back to counter a Styles uh, springboard 450, allowing him to take over control of the match. Um, the match came down to Styles attacking Edge's compromised knee, while Edge focused on Styles' injured shoulder. Edge tried to work towards a crossface, but Styles was able to quickly reach the bottom rope. Um, Styles hit a rack bomb for a near fall as both men continued to bust out some of their biggest moves to try to score the big win. Um, Edge was able to secure a label lock, but Styles was again able to escape a submission that focused on his shoulder. 
Um, Styles drove Edge into the ring apron with a suplex, um, nearly resulting in a double count out. But Styles hit a springboard for 50 when Edge got back into the ring, resulting in a near fall. Uh, moments later, Styles hit uh, the Styles Clash, but Edge barely managed to kick out. Uh, Damian Priest made his way to ringside, uh, distracting Styles as he was going for a phenomenal forearm. That delay allowed Edge to counter with a spear to score the win. Um, so, there has been rumors that Edge is starting a stable. And y'all already know I love me some factions. I love me a good faction. I love me a good stable. Um, and I love heel stables. So I'm here for it. So um, it looks like him and Priest are definitely um, going to be working together. So um, I'm excited. But the match in general, I feel like, Although it told a told a story, I felt like um, Edge and AJ Styles could have put on a better performance. But I'm not mad at the match. It was a decent match, but I felt like they could have did better. Like I said, Edge defeated AJ Styles via pinfall. Um, moving on, um, it was the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. So this was the match that was cut from night one, and it was quickly put into night two so kofi kingston hit trouble in the trouble in paradise early nearly finishing holland just seconds into the match um butch tried to get involved first and sheamus to continuously pull him out of action um as butch dis distracted the ref it allowed sheamus to hit xavier woods with a bro kick and holland to hit northern grit to score the win in an extremely short match um, Butch attacked the Woods after the match, just a terrible, short, and pointless match that isn't likely to make any team better. Um, honestly, I just felt like it was a, okay, we cut your match, night one, we're going to give you night two so you guys don't complain. That's honestly what it gave because it, it, it was it was so short. It's not even funny. Like, it was given diva, the diva era. <laughs> it was given diva era time limits. Um, and if y'all know the diva era, then y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, so next up is Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Um, so McAfee got off to a hot start with the spinning elbows and Huracaranas to keep uh, theory on the defensive. Uh, theory got upset with the crowd for being firmly behind McAfee, uh, working over the former NXL NSL punter, excuse me, with um, suplexes while taunting and playing to Vince McMahon, who was seated at ringside. Um, McAfee came storming back, taking Theory to ringside and attacking him while putting on a headset at the commentary table. Back in the ring, McAfee missed a swan time bomb, allowing Theory to get back in control. Uh, McAfee hit one of his trademark spots, landing on his feet on a backflip off the top rope. 
uh, before leaping back onto the top rope and hitting Theory with a suplex. McAfee would score the win with a schoolboy pin to counter Theory's ATL finisher. Um, the crowd was amazingly behind McAfee, of course. Like, Pat McAfee is one of WWE's best decisions. Um, after the match, McAfee taunted McMahon, leading McMahon to take off his jacket, his shirt, stripping to a tank top, and bringing a referee to the ring. Uh, so Theory tacked uh, McAfee from behind, and McMahon called for the bell. So Pat McAfee ended up defeating Austin Theory. It was a solid match. Then we go into Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. Okay, so Vince McMahon toyed with McAfee while Theory interfered repeatedly. Theory then handed McMahon a football, and McMahon lightly punted into McAfee as he was prone on the canvas. After the punt, McMahon pinned McAfee for the win, setting aside how ridiculous this is and how ridiculous it made McAfee look after he just won. It's hard to imagine that McMahon watching the reaction to McAfee and his performance against Theory isn't suddenly more interested in seeing if there is something in a real McAfee run. After the match, Stone Cold Steve Austin music hit. Uh, Stone Cold marched to the ring to get in McMahon's face. Theory tried to jump Austin only to eat a series of right hands and, of course, a stunner. That left Austin and McMahon in the ring alone together, and it called back to an era-defining rivalry. Austin initiated some beers, sharing a toast, before a kick to the gut, and after much trouble catching McMahon, who had completely lost his balance, a stunner. That was a terrible stunner. Vince, I'm going to just need you to, I mean, Vince, it's time to just cool off. Like, you in the ring, we don't need it in 2022. You know, we, we just don't. Um, after sharing a beer with McAfee, Austin blasted McAfee with the stunner. Um, with the don't trust anybody f f philosophy that Austin always have had. Um, so again, Vince McMahon defeated Pat, um, Pat McAfee. Uh, terrible, 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 terrible booking. Um, and moving on to the main event. The biggest main event in WrestleMania history is what it was touted. Um, it's the winner-take-all championship unification match with Roman Reigns, who is the current Universal Champion versus Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion. All right, so Lesnar removed his MMA gloves once the bell rang, looking to go bare-knuckle with Reigns. Uh, Lesnar took the fight to the ring, uh, right to Reigns before sending him across the ring with multiple overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplexes. Lesnar clotheslined Reigns over the top rope and allowed him to the floor. Uh, Lesnar allowed himself to be distracted by chasing down Paul Heyman. However... And Raymond drove Lesnar through the ringside barricade with a spear. Lesnar beat the 10 count, but right into another spear from Raymond that resulted in the first near fall of the match. Reigns followed up with two Superman punches. Lesnar fell back on his feet and began launching, excuse me, laughing before countering another Jumaster, excuse me, countering another Superman punch into a series of German suplexes. Um, Lesnar went for the F5, but Reigns slid out and hit another Superman punch. Reigns tried to follow up with another spear, but Lesnar caught him and hit him with the F5 for a near fall. 
Roman uh, Roman clawed at Lausner. Lesnar has faced to avoid another F5 and throws Lesnar into the official with a spear. Reigns hit Lesnar with a low blow and Heyman gave him the Universal Championship. Which Reigns used to hit Lesnar and score a two count. Reigns hit two more spears, but Lesnar grabbed Reigns' arm on the second and locked in a Kimura, scissoring Reigns' body. Uh, Reigns crawled towards the rope and Heyman pushed the rope forward so Reigns could grab it to break the hold. Lesnar went for another F5 only for Reigns to slide out, shoving Lesnar into the ropes and allowing Reigns to hit one final spear for the finish. Uh, the finish was pretty sudden. Um, the match was definitely lacking in drama. There was no story told. It was literally big move, big move, big move, pin. Big move, big move, big move, outside. Big move, big move, big move, pin. Big move, big move, big move, pin. One. We're tired of those type of style matches from Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I pray to the gods up above. I pray to God, Father God, Jesus. I pray that this is the last Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns match definitely at WrestleMania, child. But in general, we are tired. We have been, we beat this rivalry with the child. The, the horse died years ago retired. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar and is now the undisputed Universal WWE Champion. Um, and that concludes WrestleMania Night 2. WrestleMania Night 2 really wasn't my stilo. It, it really didn't hit for me. Um, night 1 really saved Night 2. <laughs> there was a couple good matches on Night 2, but for the totality of Night 2, it really wasn't given what Night 1 gave. And it's starting to become a knowing theme that WrestleMania Saturday is better than WrestleMania Sunday. I don't understand why. I don't know if it's two different people booking, two different people producing um, the event. Um, I don't know. But it's starting to become very clear that these WrestleManias are starting to be night and day with Saturday and Sunday. Um, let's go through Raw real quick. Uh, the Raw after WrestleMania. Um, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman closed the show with the in-ring promo. Basically just talking about how he's on God mode. Um... Then we have Sasha Banks and Naomi. They had a match, a contenders match, um, versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Um, Naomi uh, and Sasha Banks won. Um, but later in the show, Ripley told Morgan that she convinced WWE officials to give them a title shot next week. So next week, it will be Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, I believe. That Sasha, they are going to retain, but I think Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are going to break up after that match. I, I think they're going to be done because I think Rhea is going to be added into another feud um, soon. Um, moving on, Elias returned as Ezekiel, interrupting a Kevin Owens promo. Owens said um, the loss to Steve Austin only happened because Owens came in with a back injury. Ezekiel then interrupted. Um, that was kind of dumb, like, 
it looked exactly like Elias. It was Elias, and people really wanted Elias. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what Ezekiel is going to do. Um, the Miz, he defeated Dominic Mysterio via pinfall. Um, it was a very quick match. Um, and it led to the debut of Veer Mahan. He finally is debuted. He's been... <laughs> He's been coming to Raw since Survivor Series, so thank goodness that he is finally here. He stormed the ring, attacking both the Mysterios, um, which is setting up a match with Tim and Ray next week. Um, Bianca Belair came out and celebrated winning, winning the Raw Women's Championship uh, from Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Um, Belair, you know, she had a black eye from the match. She was ready to defend against anyone and everyone now that she's back on top. Moving on, the NXT Championship, Brown Breaker defeated Dolph Ziggler. Shout out to Brown Breaker winning his second NXT Championship. Um, then we have MVP turning on Bobby Lashley and aligning with Omas. So we're going to see what that comes with then we have Queen Zelina. She attacked Carmella after blaming Carmella for their tag team uh loss. Um, which will send Carmella on a vacation and she is going to get married to uh fellow superstar Corey Graves. Congratulations to them both in advance. Moving on, we have Austin Theory and the Usos defeating RK Bro and Finn Balor when Theory hit Balor with the ATL. Um then we had Edge and Damian Priest explain their new alliance. There's going to be more coming, so prepare for that. And then we had the Street Profits defending Alpha Academy. Sorry about that again, y'all. We're having tough technical difficulties this more, but it's fine. Um, so like I was saying, um, the Street Profits beat Alpha Academy in the main event. And that was the role after WrestleMania. All in all, the WrestleMania week was amazing. I am so excited for next year's WrestleMania, which will take place on April 1st and April 2nd of 2023 in Los Angeles, Hollywood. Yes, WrestleMania is going Hollywood next year at the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. And I am going to be in attendance. I'm already putting it out there that I will be at WrestleMania next year. I'm period. Um, but all in all, it was a good week. Um, I'm excited to see what comes after the fallout of WrestleMania as we go into WrestleMania Backlash, which will be in May, I believe. Um, from Providence, Rhode Island. I think it's Providence, Rhode Island. Um, so yes, that was this week. And, um, again, congratulations to Corey Graves and Carmella. They are getting married Thursday, this Thursday. Um, you know, I love love. So congratulations to them. And there is, uh, with Corey Graves and Carmella being absent from WWE TV, um, Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler will be coming in to replace Corey Graves as he celebrates his honeymoon. So, you know, 
I'm happy to see and hear Jerry the King Lawler again in the announcer booth. And he will start uh, that this coming Monday. So this coming Monday, he will be on the announcement desk. I don't know how long. I'm pretty sure it's probably like two or three weeks. Because um, I don't think they took that big of a honeymoon. But they could have, you know. Who knows? But um, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, it was a long one because we had WrestleMania week and we had to get through and get down in the dirty with everything WrestleMania. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. This has been an EDS Squad TV production. This episode was produced and edited by Eli. Shout out to Anchor, the simple way to make a podcast.